All right, everyone, what is going on? Welcome back to Shay Says. I am so excited to have you towards the end of my season. In this season, we really got into some negative sides of ourselves, how to make ourselves better and how to use those benefits to help our relationships, friendships, mental health, and how we can really tackle the emerging adulthood, the 20s that we're in right now. So if you have not listened to any of the past episodes, I suggest you go back and listen immediately because each episode is a stepping stone into the next one. In this episode, I brought Dr. Norma Gaines-Hanks, a University of Delaware professor, where we're really going to dive into what we are to expect during the 20s and how we can make life a little bit more bearable to actually take on. This episode will be a great closing with all of our learned experience and advice that we've taken from this season and how we can take on the world. Dr. Gaines Hanks, thank you so much for joining Shay Says. I'm so excited to get into this episode with you and to really have you guide this conversation on what is bound to happen during the ages of 20 to 35 and how we can really get ahead of some challenges that will come. Thank you so much for the invitation, Shay. And let me say, I can't guarantee what's going to happen because everybody's journey is different. But I think that there will be some sense of comfort in knowing that some of the experiences that you have are going to be shared experiences. Um, And so, yeah, we can look at what some of those can be. So first, I really wanted all of the listeners to get a background on what different developmental theorists say that is quote unquote, supposed to happen, I guess, during the stage. So uh, I wanted to talk about Erickson, Maslow, and McGoldrick and Carter and what they have to say. So I know that Erickson stated that we are in the stage of intimacy versus isolation, where this is also in relation with McGoldrick and Carter, where they say during this age, we are able to engage in intimate relationships and finding satisfying work. So I know while doing so, we're able to really develop our maturity and our interdependent self. Where Maslow claims we look for more of our esteem needs. But these three developmental theorists together, like what is the overall idea that they're trying to explain of what we'll face? Clearly, you're making that transition from adolescence into adulthood. Um, And for better or worse, that transition actually can vary Um, depending on your culture. And in American culture, we try to delay your entry into young adulthood as long as possible, which is why we have these very different um, ages. Like at 18, you can do some things, but other things like drinking, you can't do till you're 21. But if you want to rent a car, you have to be 25. And so having this sort of young adult period gives you a chance to try things out. And and one of the overarching themes is about intimacy. We're not talking about intimacy in the sense of, you know, personal in-depth, even sexual relationships. We're looking more in terms of having close relationships with people who mean something to you and to whom you matter. And without that, you will feel a sense of isolation. So while you're in college, if you're in college, you're trying those relationships out. You're going to have a lot of friends. You're going to do a lot of hanging out. But even as you leave college, or even if you didn't go to college, once you leave high school, you will find that your friendship group is going to start to get smaller. 
But if you're lucky, those relationships get closer and that makes you feel good that you can have those good intimate relationships, even if it is with a smaller group of people. In a previous episode, we really did discuss on friendships and how to compartmentalize your friends when you're getting older and how to actually be your own best friend. How did you know what friends were there to stay? You know, that's that's a really good question. Um, I think that as life happened, um, you know, I graduated from high school, I went to college. And so necessarily my friendship circle started changing. The friends that I had in high school, some of them came to the same college I did and we were able to maintain friendships. Others, you know, went to work, got married, had kids. And so our friendships kind of changed. Um, But I will say that one of my longest friends is somebody I've been friends with since I was five years old. In fact, you know, we don't see each other much now. She lives in North Carolina, but every year on her birthday, I'm, you know, right now I'm texting her. And so I texted her last uh, in April and she said, you know, no matter what, no matter where we are, you are my lifelong best friend. I was in her wedding. I'm her daughter's godmother. That's a friendship. By the same token, by the time I got to college, I met new people developed new relationships. Some of them went away, but some of them are people I'm still in touch with, you know? So they just evolve. The people who give to you, who understand you, who will take that call at three o'clock in the morning if necessary, those are the ones that are your friends. I think it's really hard for a lot of people in my generation to understand that, to really get that we're not supposed to text each other 24 seven or, We're not supposed to hang out every weekend and go get a drink. And Mm -hmm. I've always felt really out of place with that. And I guess my longest friendship, we're making seven years at this point and we don't talk every day. And I guess everyone really didn't Mm -hmm. understand that kind of best friend. I'm glad that you've really been able to explain that. So Mm -hmm. I know many of us get advice when either we're going into a new workforce or we're going into college, whatever our next path is people tell us to be very selfish with ourselves and to to make this time only about us, to not worry about too many relationships or to not worry about too many stresses. And I feel as though this has always been contradictory because we're always going to face stresses. And I feel as if we go into this age thinking we're just supposed to let things happen. Do you kind of get what I'm putting down right there? I don't necessarily buy into the notion of being totally selfish. Mm -hmm. I I think there's some areas where we don't need to give all of ourselves to somebody else. And I guess to that extent, that's some degree of selfishness. But I don't think we should ever minimize the value of connectedness. Always have to feel connected. What is the advice we can give, I guess, segueing into more of the topic of stress Mm -hmm. that we try to avoid? And again, if you guys have not listened to a previous episode about anxiety, I really want you to listen to that because we believe that we're always just supposed to avoid our stresses. And then we tend to say, oh, my anxiety won't let me do this or my anxiety won't let me do that. And we get all into that on how to appropriately talk about anxiety. I really want you to give us advice on how we can actually stress manage our lives and what we can do to go through that. Well, and you know, 
I'm, I'm a big proponent of something called I cope. First part of I cope, I. Identify the stress. What is causing you to feel stress? Sometimes once you can identify it, you'll find it's not as bad as you thought. But if it is, then you start to find mechanisms to adjust. So the first, after you identify it, is to think about your communication skills. That's the C. Because sometimes our stress comes from us not communicating our needs appropriately. Um, there's a tendency for us to be reluctant to say no to people. And in the process of constantly saying um, yes, 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 we're taking on more stress. The other person doesn't know it because we haven't communicated that. So we need to work on our communication skills and say what we mean and mean what we say. Mm -hmm. And if someone asks you to do something that you can't do or you don't want to do, just say no thank you. You're not obligated to say yes all the time. Organizational skills, I hear so many students say, oh, I work better under pressure. And my response is nobody works better under pressure. You get it done, but it's not necessarily the best quality. And so organize yourself, set a pace. And then P, perception. How do you see something? I can't take math, I'm not good at it, I'm gonna fail. Well, okay, you've set it up for failure because you've already said, I'm gonna fail. And my response is, yeah, you probably will. Instead, what you should say, math is a challenge for me, and I know it might be difficult, but I think I can handle it. Now, once you've changed your perception about it, your attitude about it will change, and your stress about it will go down. Um, and then finally, enhancement skills. And this is something I really, really emphasize, taking care of yourself. I believe in taking care of myself, and part of that sometimes is I just chill out and focus on taking care of me. That's not being selfish, that's helping me to be a better me. And so when I can identify my stress, communicate what my needs are, keep things organized, um, change my perception, take care of myself, my stress levels go down. So how does burnout differ from stress and what does one experience if someone does have burnout? You know, you have these higher levels of stress, you have these higher levels of anxiety, um, you also start to become kind of cynical. You know, I'm sure there are many people who are at work right now, well, who are working, who are saying, you know what, I'm tired of this. They burn out. I have left two jobs previously because I simply burned out. It was too much stress, too much anxiety, not enough support, not enough encouragement, not enough opportunities for me to say no. And so I had to walk away from them or I would have burned out and it would have made me a very cynical person. Um, that's not healthy. It's not healthy for you as an individual and it's not healthy for any system in which you find yourself, whether it's in a classroom or an organization or whatever. So when you get to a point where you're feeling cynical and it's only about the paycheck, it's time for you to step away. Um, and then that's when you start, again, looking at ways to reduce the stress, ways to deal with the burnout. We are scared to do anything that might change our path that with what we want. And what advice do you have to give about that? Because I'm scared. I'm scared right now thinking about things of what I'll do wrong. You want to put yourself in positions where you can network, where you can take advantage of that network, but that you also are prepared 
for any opportunity that may arise. So if you were to give advice to your 22, 23-year-old self, what would you say to her? Don't be afraid to step outside of the bubble. Don't be afraid to take risks. At young ages, is fine. So just kind of look at the cost, the benefits. When I say cost, I mean the dollars, but the cost of your personal well-being, but also the benefits. And don't be afraid to take a calculated risk. Don't be afraid to step out of that bubble just a little bit to test the waters. Um, and then you may find that it's not as bad as you thought. I mean, so be patient, but don't be willing. Don't be afraid to try. Thank you for introducing us to iCope. You interconnected all the episodes together into one acronym. And thank on. you, Shay, because, you know, this was this was a risk for me, too. And, and look. And look, look at us. We're great. We survived. <laughs> We're great. We're oh good. My We're Perfect. Good. Thank you. All again. Right. You're welcome.